Win stacks of cash by entering the 150K Crack the Code giveaway. Brought to you by your local paper, now through July 14th. Look for the code on page A2. Then visit 150kgiveaway.com and submit your entry. You could win the grand prize of $100,000. Grab the paper every day. Get the code on page 2A and improve your chances to win tons of weekly cash prizes. Visit 150kgiveaway.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy, the whole gang's back together again, for better or for worse. Today is the 11th of June, 2019. I'm Mike Ayres here with Kyle Robertson and our crew beat writer, Jacob Myers, or supporter underscore shield underscore 25. Let's get right into it, gentlemen. The Columbus Crew SC. Do you like the SC? I mean, people, that was part of the rebranding. Which one's best, FC, SC? Which one would you nothing. guys prefer? I like nothing. Well, SC stands for soccer club here, right? SC Kansas City is sporting club. It's just sporting KC, SKC. Well, it's, it's the sporting is they have other sports there. You know, it's kind of like they do this in Europe. But. And good barbecue. But it's the Columbus crew for me, and or just the crew and crew stadium. Although we, we do give Moffray props for sponsoring this team through thick and thin over these last few years. In any case, the crew sits in 10th place in the Eastern Conference. Only New England and FC Cincinnati is worse crew with 17 points and they're uh, 16 goals for 24 against new england 16 points 17 goals for 33 against and cincinnati 11 points 14 for 33 against minus 19 down there hell is real i guess right now for the fans of the fcc is that federal did they get sued by the federal communications commission that i don't know don't believe so See, these things will get you in trouble. Last game the crew played was uh, a couple weeks ago, They or 10 days ago, I guess I should say. A 2-2 tie with New York City FC, NYC FC, if you're uh, scoring at home. That was at the Moffray Stadium Saturday, the 1st of June. Zach Steffen's last game. Before we start breaking things down, Jacob. Oh, Kyle, you weren't there either, right? Yeah, I was with you. That's right. That's a shame. We were at the Memorial. Jacob, give us the scene a la Steffen and how the, all that went because um, he really embraced the city took out an ad, a full-page ad in Ohio's Greatest Home Newspaper. Should we make an acronym out of that? No, we'll just call it Ohio's Greatest Home Newspaper. And it was a very thoughtful and uh, touching advertisement. And from what I heard, they made him do his interviews at midfield before he could take a lap so that there weren't as many fans around to embrace yeah. him. But anyway, yep. just, just the atmosphere and the whole Stefan thing. Yeah, he actually did a couple interviews beforehand, but I mean, talking to him in Charleston too, I just got the sense, and you guys have been around him, he's someone that's he's pretty like, I'll use a phrase that my millennial and Gen Zers like to use low-key. Mm-hmm. Like he, He's just kind of very in the moment, but you can tell Columbus really does mean a lot, and I had a lot of conversations with him and his parents, and this was a big chapter in his career, but the night itself, I thought was really touching. There was a tribute before the game with a presentation of a jersey and and then what I I think I liked more is he kind of had a longer you know embrace of a lot of teammates before he went back to uh, his goal to start the match one with Will Trapp specifically you could kind of see him say like I love you to each other it was just really touching and then he went like I would say three to four minutes around the field before he went to the locker room just high-fiving with fans selfies what have you and then I guess that was some awesome TIFO too yeah it was fantastic and then I guess before that like after I had left the field to go in for press conferences he was still out there 
there autographing for fans and whatnot. And when we got done with all the autographs, or he got done with those autographs, and we went out there after the press conference, he was out there taking pictures with his family. He just really wanted to soak it all in. It was a really cool kind of experience. So a draw, should have won the game, didn't, so it goes. And prior to that, they lost 8 of 9, and uh, they'd been outscored 18 to 7, and they'd been shut out five times in that span, and that was their plummet down the standings, which the coach and, to a certain degree, the general manager, they haven't ducked that they, they're not ignoring the standings, but they do tend to lean on the injuries, which are our legion. Presently heading into tonight's match, yeah, I said match, Kyle. <laughs> Tonight's game, Tuesday night, June 11th. What time is that? It's at 7 o'clock, so some people could be yeah. listening to this after it's over. No, they all yeah. jump on. I, I hope so. They crank, cranked in the, in the mega tailgate. As they should. Uh, and pumped over Stank Lake there. Tonight at uh, Moffray Stadium, they will play the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, a USL championship division. Just a sec. First division v. second division. And the, the Riverhounds will be jacked up in this U.S. Open Cup competition and the crew and let's get a little taste of this jacob and kyle as they head into this game there's a emphasis on u.s open cup competition this year that's sort of um situational well we're in 10th place let's try to win the u.s open (laughs) cup that's usually how it goes (laughs) And take a shot at the Labar Hunt trophy. Is that fair to say, Jacob? That I think it's a little more than that. It has to do with the schedule as well. Because a lot of normally in years past, the U.S. Open would come in between league games. And I mean, you're not going to throw it all at the U.S. Open Cup then, especially if you're playing a USL team. You're going to rotate a little bit to keep those guys fresh for league games. But now, you know, they'll have a game tonight this week. And if they win, the it should be just another week after that. So it's kind of like regular rest for them. With this Gold Cup break, it just kind of presents an opportunity for the crew not only to get healthy and get some guys back like Harrison Awful will have his first game against Pittsburgh since he got hurt against Atlanta in, in late March so that's good for the crew but just to kind of build any type of continuity that they just haven't had all year. Right. I think from their starting 11 that they had at the very beginning of the year, they may have played that team four or five times all year through 16 games so far, so or 17 games, whatever it is now. Are, so. are you making excuses for management now, Jacob? No, I'm presenting it as it is. I, I think it, it really is like the continuity thing. They'll still, you know, Caleb Porter still says it's a bottom line business, and as much as he, what, what fans might perceive as excuses, I think it's all fair to point out what has happened this year in terms of injuries and whatnot. But, I mean, he pointed out the games right after they come back are, are must-wins. They have three of four at home right away. They want to see a dominant performance tonight, Kyle. Yeah, I think they, they need and that. I don't care who they yeah. have on the field. Yeah. You know, they want to get the ball rolling a little bit here. I think they expect to, too, so if they yeah. lose this game. All right, what's the lineup tonight, Jacob? Well, let's, let me run it through so, my head. Cronali uh, will start at run, center back. While you're running, running it through your head, yeah. uh, <laughs> on international duty, Will Trap, Zach Steffen, who's matriculating to the Bundesliga, right? Is yep. he on loan? Yes. By Man Fort- City? Fortuna. Is it Dusseldorf or Dusseldorf? You can use it either. sounds ridiculous either way. Yeah. They have a mile-long bar in the city, like a long some river walk or something. Hmm. It's the world's longest bar. Looked it up the other day. And wow. Pretty cool. We'll have to get there. I anyway, so. Zach Steffen is not with the team anymore, forever. Will Trapp's on loan. Excuse me, he's with the national team with uh, Giassi Zardes on the U.S. team. And Jonathan Mensa is with Ghana with uh, in playing in the African Nations Cup. Is that correct? Yes. Injured Harrison Awful is coming back from his broken jaw after missing 11 games. Federico Higuain, through whom most of the offense ran in his time 
Got surgery Monday. Had surgery on Monday for a blown knee. Milton Valenzuela is out for the season with a blown knee. And the questionable guys were Josh Williams and Waylon Francis. Jacob? Out. They're both out. Yeah, Josh Williams has his heel is flared up again on on the same foot that he's had over a year worth of injury, which I wrote about in the preseason. And then Waylon Francis, he'll train at the end of the week, but he's not yet back. Still a thigh injury. So what does that leave him yeah. with a with a lineup and a formation, Jacob? So left back would still be Hector Jimenez. Center backs tonight is going to be Gaston Saro and I think Alex Cronali. Uh, oh, good for Alex Cronali. Because Williams is out and then Mensa's on international duty. Right back, Harrison Awful. I expect Artur and Guzman in the middle. And then Akam, Santos, Rubinho. And then at the top, Mullins. I would think Mullins. Yeah. Speaking well, of JJ, I think it'll be Mullins. If JJ has been left off the 18 yeah. quite a bit lately, I think that shows he still has a yeah. long way to go. Well, we'll get into what coaches and management are looking for tonight in just a second. I want to cut in and ask Kyle, what happened to the Team U.S. in the friendly against Venezuela, which doesn't even have a government right now uh, in Nippert Stadium? Is it Cincinnati? Uh, that wasn't Dos Acero. That was yeah. That was something else. It was fitness, right? It was a fitness game. Was that what they said? That's what Greg said, I think, in the in the some he's, of the he's preaching patience. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Ooh. Zach, Zach Stefan, the yeah. first goal. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Little giveaway there. That was a Turco. Yeah. It could, my could be a struggle. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, they didn't have everyone for say. I mean, but still. Ooh. They sure. looked good previously. I mean, yeah. there was some, they had some momentum coming out of training and, and some other friendlies. But. We'll see. In there, what? How many? Would they have two weeks off, or is it a week? Or when did the first games? Is, is it the 18th, 18th? Is their yeah. first game, which could be the uh, second U.S. Open Cup game if yeah. the crew doesn't blow up against Pittsburgh. And then they have the one in Cleveland too, right? The 22nd. 22nd, second, yeah, game. and that's against Trinidad and yeah. Tobago, who knocked them out of the World Cup qualification. So, beginning with this game tonight, Jacob and Kyle. We'll both be there, will you? I will not. You'll be there? Yeah. Oh, good to have you back. Uh, Beginning with this game tonight, this U.S. Open Cup game against the Riverhounds of Pittsburgh. Do they go by FC or SC? They have an SC soccer club on the end of that. How do you feel about that? They have a beautiful stadium. They should be. It is a beautiful stadium. Pittsburgh Riverhounds United SC. (laughs) (laughs) This game, followed by two more home games against Kansas City or SKC on June 23rd, then Orlando here on June 29th. The coaches and the technical people are casting a very close eye on these games because with everyone out and with the prospect of doing something of some magnitude, we don't know how big when the international transfer window opens in the first week of July, they're looking hard to see, all right, boys, because the players know there's change coming. Absolutely. You don't lose. I think those are frank discussions they're not, in the locker room, they're too. Not, they're not firing the coach. No, no uh, way. So this is, all right, boys, let's see what you got as we transition the system from Burhalter's to Porter's. Uh, guys are going to be in different spots. Santos, for instance, is taking Higuain's spot in the middle of the field. They may even tweak. Any any thought of tweaking the formation? Because Bezbachenko mentioned that as a possibility. Yeah, I think a little bit, possibly. I'm curious what we're going to see tonight, because with Harrison Offelback, that, that gives yeah. you more of what the coaching staff thought they'd have at the beginning of the year. So, so we'll see in terms of how that changes formation, but I think right now, I actually asked Caleb Porter about that at the beginning 
beginning of, I think, last week. And he said, they just can't afford to do it right now. They need to find a way to get continuity with all these guys back. So I think in a lot of ways, you start to change up formation when you know what you have with one formation, right. and they just don't because of all the injuries. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think... Because, yeah. uh, Kyle, one thing, Jacob and I both had a crack at speaking with Tim Bezbachenko at some length uh, last week. The interview that Jacob did in Bezbachenko's office is posted with the story. That is a the previous edition of the Soccer Speakeasy. Please look it up at Dispatch.com. If you go do a, a Twitter search on at the Podfather 2, he does all those postings of all the fine podcasts and even the bad ones like this one that he produces here in the studio. In any case, one of the things that was covered in my conversation was, okay, you know, what do you do now under all these circumstances? Do you lose right. the next eight of nine now uh, again? And that's not the way the question was posed. I'm being somewhat cheeky there. But he said that, you know, there's two things before you start even adding or thinking of what you're doing at the transfer or factors into what you do this year. And he said uh, one for one switch offs like, okay, if Higuain's out, Santos slides to the middle. And you see he what he does with the position. The second thing, he did mention it explicitly, was to tweak the formation. Maybe go to a 4-3-3, invert the midfield triangle, Kyle, and uh, push your wingers out wider. And maybe more playmaking from the outside rather than relying everything to come up the middle with, with Santos. Well, I mean, that's what you have with your you know with your wingers. I mean, we've talked about this a lot. Is, you know, you have wingers where you think they can do the job, but they haven't quite done the job. I mean, Maron get sent out. Other guys have been brought in, brought into this team to kind of make... Brought not a word. Sorry, brought... Sour broads were brought into. Yeah. So, I mean, you kind of, I mean, I think his hands are kind of tied with like what you said with the, with the system and with the guys that they have, they can't maybe quite change it because they don't have enough guys. But I think everything's on the table to kind of get something going because they're on the outside looking in on the playoffs. Could they make a run? I mean... I mean, the season's a long, you know, it's not all the way over, but, you know, you get some wins together and, you you know, you'll see what will happen. But I think I think he's at the point now where he has to try whatever he whatever he can and, but he's, and see he's, what happens. He's reticent to change the formation. I don't know about that. I think he's fine with changing it like he did yeah. in Portland when they right. won the Cup. So I think he's willing to do it, but it's not until he has long consideration and understands fully what he has. And I think because of injuries, like Bez said in my interview, that he's still learning about the right. team. I think Caleb and the coaching staff still is as well. So if there's going to be change in the formation, it's going to come well after that. And Pedro so far has right. at least shown he could play the 10 yeah. in that first game yeah. he had. I think the other thing is is that you have to... Played very well. Right. Yeah. You need to start scoring goals. I mean, without Zach there you expect to have more goals scored on you. So if the goals aren't coming, and maybe this year they just aren't with the way... But, but, Even if they bring someone guy in, right, but, it's going to take right. time for that person to adjust too. But what point do you just say, hey, here's what we have for the rest of the season? Because does it make sense to even bring somebody in if they're not scoring and they're giving up more goals? I mean, at what point do you say, hey, here's your team figure out who will make it work or who won't make it work next year and build on from there. Well, I think if you're confident some player you target is going to benefit your team in you know the long run, it doesn't matter when it is. If you're confident enough to make that move, then you make the move. I don't think they're going to put off any of those right. moves, say, if they lose the first two games after this break. I think they're still willing to make it, but it, they'll be long-term kind of commitments. 
One thing, direct quote from Bezbachenko, quote, we'll see what we look like with Guzman, Macam, Santos, and Hansen playing larger roles. And he said they're not going to wait on anyone to perform. So I think part of the message was pressure's on them. They know what we face. Mm -hmm. So, all right, boys. Let's see what you got here. Right. And they're going to, uh, as uh, Bez is going to is going Yarmo here, but that is his style. He believes in process. He believes in patience. It's probably the, the biggest lesson he learned uh, working for Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment and looking at the way uh, he built his own team next to the way the Raptors were built and, and the Maple Leafs were built. So there was a lot of interplay with those GMs under that umbrella of MLSE. And another quote, we're not going to artificially concoct a stopgap measure that won't help us long term. So that's that's a little like the uh, we look at everything Yarmo says, and uh, if it helps us long term and short term, then we'll act. I don't think he's afraid to act. No. Um, and yeah. you know, he he did say there's two ways to go about acquisitions, meaning beginning next month, and one way is the big fish method, a la Rooney. Although there's no more, obviously Rooney's not out there anymore. But the guy that's a big transfer fee. That's sort of a splashy and expensive thing. And then there's the, you can go the younger route with getting a guy with more upside. I guess a la Milton Valenzuela, you, you develop and uh, sell if it reaches that point. And that's the model that Bez kind of told me. And, and he seems to believe, too, that he wants to have domestic guys that play for the national team. You know, maybe not to the level of a Pulisic, but a guy who is a staple on the national team playing for this club. So if he's trying to get a young guy to come in here and kind of be that. I think that's more the model they're looking for instead of getting some mid-30s ex-European to come in. This is evaluation right now right. next to, yeah. and they've been very clear about that. But, well, if it, but if you're not scoring goals and you lose your world-class goalkeeper, I your only option to do is just evaluate and see what you have because at what point are you wasting resources and, and, and money to bring in somebody who, even if you bring somebody in who, if you're giving up four or five goals a game and you're only scoring two or three, at what point is it? Two or three. Well, they, they are evaluating. <laughs> I think right now there's a like a metaphorical yard sign that says right. open auditions right. June 10th through October 6th when the well, season ends. But I, I mean, we know what they have. I mean, they, they got a proven goal scorer up top. Their wings aren't producing. Their midfield's kind of... I think you need to look further than that. I think it's looking at the depth, too. I don't see really many players on this bench right now that can come in and consistently compete for the starting 11. So I think those are pieces as well. Maybe those are the ones they add. You have a good back line when everyone's healthy and everyone's there. But that's, I mean, and then you got your your guy up top. But I think other than that, you're, I mean, you don't know really what you have in the midfield, I think, right now. And then you don't know what you have on the back end and who's in goal. And even if the two guys can even prove that they are worthy of of that so i think there's there's huge holes and i think that they're i don't say their hands are tied because i obviously it's not but i mean at what point what, what do you do i think you just watch these games <laughs> you have and a problem, go make them how do you move. solve yeah. it yeah it's that essential i mean they i mean yeah. they brought in three midfielders from the beginning of the year you know two at the trades and and bringing in rubinho at the beginning of the season and they're still not well rubinho was greg signing right was he not right but i mean from last year but i mean obviously i think you have a big problem on the wings at the moment well akam you have to replace anyway since right. he's going to be gone so there's a lot yeah. of things to discuss i just think they're we should also throw will trap in the mix now at this point there's a, doesn't seem to be smoke about young will trap transferring to europe or somewhere else at this point and you know if you had to guess he's here for the rest of the year that said Things do happen behind the scenes, agent generated, and uh, we and can't the be gold sure. Cup. Yeah, good. Gold if, cup, yeah. if if I had to uh, guess, 
he's probably here for the rest of the year, but I wouldn't put big money on it. I'll put it that way. They have a lot of space to do things. And something Bez mentioned to me as well on the Milton Valenzuela situation as terms of him being a, a young DP, which he can occupy until he's 24. But a lot of that, those fees are associated with the permanent transfer. So it, it's likely that he will not be a designated player next year, I would think. And it's possible that now they have two spots open. That being that they buy well, can, down Pedro right. Santos. Can they, can they use Tam and Gam on a young DP? Yes, they okay. can. So they could Tam, buy him. Tam. Yeah, buy him down and Tam. Yeah. <laughs> well, the operative quote is the money quote, but literally and figuratively. We have the ability and our vision is to augment the roster, especially as we approach it over 18 months to two years. And that last thing we'll discuss will be before we get to questions is one of the strains of news that came out of Jacob's interview with Tim Bezbachenko, and that was that the opening of the stadium is now, well, I don't know if we can call it push because they have never announced where it was, but Bezbachenko made it clear to you, Jacob, that it will not be at the start of the 2021 season. Which I think that was kind of an aggressive timeline anyway, right? If they're not going to break ground on it until late summer, early mm-hmm. fall, which has kind of always been the thought of date to break ground, but it, it was kind of funny how he, he just brought it up at the beginning of 21, the 20- one season what's your kind of vision of this team and he just said yeah we're not going to have the stadium open by then july at the earliest if it's not open till 2022 and they want to do it right i think most people are okay with that i could be wrong but i mean is that how you guys kind of feel well yeah he said it yeah (laughs) (laughs) well if it's pushed back to 2022 2022 just to do it right Right. like if that ends up happening well yeah there's always delays in instruction and it rains in ohio every now and then yeah, I mean, we'll Snow. see. Yeah. Nothing's cast in stone. Right. Nothing's even shovel of dirt at this point. So uh, we'll keep track of it. You know, right now, management says sometime after the start of the 2021 season, probably early summer then. So there you go. That was interesting. Yeah. Good well, nugget there. I think I just generally want to ask you guys where you thought maybe this team would be at the beginning of the season right now versus what has happened. I mean, just kind of get Val and lay out your general assessments of the team. You can start, Kyle. I think they're about where I thought. Some of us thought they were doing. They could do a lot better, but... Um, I don't know who that would be. <laughs> but, I mean, if you look at the team, I mean, you knew Zach was going to be gone at the halfway point about there. You did have some injuries that kind of came up. I mean, I think Milton was a big injury, and you knew what you had in Zardes at the top. And then I don't like the way the midfield is, the guys that they have, because you, you know who you have in Zardes and that... You know, he scores goals at a, you know, at a great pace when he can get the ball and they're not getting the ball in the right situations. And so I think that that they've really struggled with that. And I think that you've seen that with the players that they brought in and the players that they also have kind of sent out. But I mean, I I think the, the back line can be really, really good if everyone's healthy and when healthy, they have a really good back line, back line. And I think you've kind of seen that so far this season. But now I think they're going to be really struggling without Zach back there kind of leading everything and kind of putting people in positions, that kind of stuff. So I I always thought that this year was going to be a struggle. I'm pretty simple. They're not winning? Well, they squandered a lot of momentum coming out to save the crew. They haven't excited the fans. And I tend to rate them on the scoreboard and the standings. Right now they have five wins and 17 points, and they've scored 16 goals in 16 games. That's what they are. It's a small sample size right now. And I don't say that from the standpoint of trying to defend them. I, I think this, I'm just taking a this, longer this, view yeah. of the team. The, the smallest sample size about them is their number of goals. Yeah. But we, we said that for... Since, uh, since he's got right. 14. But I mean, the years that they've made runs, they've had multiple guys scoring goals. You had that when Merrim was here. You had that with Ethan Finley when he was scoring goals. 
you know, there's just not a second guy here that's putting goals in consistently. And I think that that's starting to show up a little bit. And I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. I think you might be at the low point kind of right now. I don't... Oh, is this a supporter show comment? (laughs) (laughs) What, you want want me to say they're going to win it next year? No, I'm not going to say that. I mean, you're starting to see Pedro maybe being the type of offensive guy who can give you that offensive production that fans maybe thought he could bring when he was signed by the team as a designated player. That's a, there, there are a lot of positions up there, and especially with Iguain's injury right. now. He's at the end of a contract at the end of this year. He'll be 35 coming off a knee injury. They have questions for sure. I think this team is going to look very, very different at the start of next season, and that could be a good thing. They've won five games. All right, let's throw it open to questions here. All right, uh, since we were just talking about stadiums, we'll start off with that. You have a six-pass um, code? Yeah. It, <laughs> that is kids. irregular. Um, <laughs> from a press and, and fans perspective, separately, what bells and whistles would you like at the new stadium? Pub in the stadium. Uh, just cover the stands. Yeah. They're, they're going to have a canopy. They're going to have That's all what Baz said. Yeah, they're going to have all kinds of stuff there. Just uh, No standing water on the uh, concourse when people are walking around. Get some people who know how to lay concrete. Oh, that's an old stadium. Don't get on Moffre. I, I enjoy Moffre. I do. Yeah. I think the enclosure kind of helps a lot. I think it makes the stadiums a lot louder. I think the, yep. the stadiums that I've been into. They're built upward yeah, as well. Yeah, when you have the open roof that... Some of the sound when you have good games in there kind of goes away a little bit. Portland did that kind of on yeah. the sides with their redevelopment of Providence Park too. Uh, in DC, you see that as well. Their ends are are more built up. I mean, we know what they're going to have in there. Right. They're going to have. But what would you like? They're going to have. I mean, you've so- been, they're going to have soccer fan stuff. I mean, you craft, probably, craft beers and you know kebabs or something. But I mean, you've kebabs. been in fish tacos, whatever. I love a good fish taco. You've been in more arenas and stadiums than probably anyone else in here in Columbus. I mean, what would you like Get to see? Give the people what they want. Yeah. I like sight lines. Like, here's cranky old man rent. Yeah. Like, Fenway Park's a nice old park I first visited in 1973, but most of the seats are pointed the wrong way, you know? That's another thing. Press box not pointing the sun. Yeah. I, I would like that at the new stadium. <laughs> uh, I don't worry about that stuff. All right. Also in the same tweet, is a lobster roll a sandwich or a bread-based taco? It's a roll. It's a sandwich. On a New England roll. What's a New England roll? Cut on the top. So like a hoagie bun. No, it looks like a... Brioche. It's more like a hot dog roll, but the crust is on top and it's cut on top. Where's the best lobster roll that you've had? I've never eaten one, so... Somewhere in Maine. Yeah. All right. Somebody wants to know, since Crew Cat returned from a lengthy trip to just get cigarettes, have you noticed any changes (laughs) in the behavior of SC mascot? I don't know how many cigarettes Crew Cat was having because Crew Cat is looking buff. Crewcat spent the last two off seasons in the gym, or however long he or she has been gone. I don't know. They have 16 points. I don't, I don't care about the guy. Question. Uh, given that uh, Jacob is clearly capable of doing an entire speak e- episode by himself, what exactly do you other beep bring to the table? <laughs> I was curious if you were going to read that one or not. Look, I'll speak from my perspective. I think... Oh, we don't I, want to hear your perspective <laughs> on this question. Why am I even here then? That's, that's my good, per, I was going to say I can't do this show without you two. Hey, this is your podcast. We're just here to fill yeah, out. We're just helpers. <laughs> we Mike think, runs the show. Yeah. We think we have an audio clip to explain that question. First, here's that clip. <laughs> but yeah, the group playing well when a lot of other teams are. I think it's as simple as that. And if you try to really dig in deeper to it, you're missing that this current roster, I think I'm willing to say, this current roster the crew have is... I would say shield contending. Any news if the crew plans to add a friendly and so will it not be on Red, White, and Boom Night? I've not heard about uh, oh, yeah, possible that's, friendly. That's a good question. 
that was have yeah. they had it before oh it was was it two years ago or last year I, I it was don't two remember years ago it was on yeah. boom red right and boom night that doesn't yeah. sound and very fun i believe the last time they had it there was like a two-hour delay too of rain and then i think the fireworks are going off during the the red right and boom was I could get my friendlies mixed up. I always hearken back to, were you at the West Ham game? No. That was some years ago. But, uh, you know, their supporters are known for their, I guess, pugilistic prowess. Yeah. Or so they brag. Still undefeated, I think, is one of the signs yeah. they hold up. They're in the end zone in the visitor section, and they just walked over to the Nord deck and started throwing. <laughs> <laughs> and Some I'll good tell folks you, over there. I, as, as staunch as they are, I don't think they'll try that again if West Ham ever returns. Or maybe they will, but it wasn't. Uh, it didn't work out well for them. They, I don't. They, they. I hope they brought lawyers. All right, Jacob, your podcast by yourself was really good uh, last Thank week. You. For this week, Tim mentioned looking for a DP attacker, most likely. But are there any areas you would expect the crew to look for reinforcements in of any non-DP variety in the upcoming window? Great question. I think goalkeeper, absolutely. I think even if John Kempen or Joe Bendick, which I assume it'd be John Kempen right now, since he started the last game Zach was injured, even if he plays out of his mind, I think goalkeeper's still a position they're looking for, as well as if they add a DP winger, they're going to be looking for more attacking midfielders behind that DP winger. I mean, you look at the, I, I still go back to it, it, it does take time to add depth on the roster, but... I mean, the 2015 Portland team, there are so many players on that bench that are starters in the league right now, like Maxi Arruti with Montreal, who I think is really good forward. So they're going to, I would think, they're just going to continue to add on the attacking midfield when they can. Montreal has 21 goals. Gotcha. They're minus seven. Minus seven. The crew are 11th in this year's MLS ambition rankings from SI. Agree or disagree with the rankings? Oh, the ambition rankings? Yeah. You know? No. Up from last year, from last place a year ago. Yeah, they were last place because yeah. their ambition yeah. was to yeah. leave. Now they're at 11. Yeah. Wow, the ambition rankings yeah. are out. Well, I'd, I'd love to hear some more questions on the ambition direct, especially from hashtag Darbs, maybe next week without any curses in it. <laughs> but where are they now? They're at 11th. They pointed to the new stadium yeah. and ownership, finally willing to spend money. They're in a good place. They're ambitious. Yeah. What Was that something fans pointed to as? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just more cannon fodder. <laughs> Additional plug right there. I'm fine program. All right. That's all we got. All we got. Jacob, you got anything over there? I'll throw one more question out to you guys. What do you need to see early on in, say, the first five games after this break for the crew for you to be either convinced that they make a run or convinced that they just need to look ahead to next season? Make a run? What do you mean by run? Toward the postseason, like, okay, maybe they can kind of turn it around in the second half. Yeah, I mean, they're in 10th. What's the line? Seven. Toronto's in seventh place. They're six points out. Yeah, Toronto's got 19 and 7th place. I think 23. Somebody's at 23. Yeah, and New York City FC's yeah. at 23 points in 6th place. Orlando, 18. Chicago, 18. Columbus, 17. So, yeah, we've seen these things flip-flop all over the place. I mean, Atlanta's in 4th place right now. And they were terrible at the beginning. Yeah, only yeah. 19 goals, but they're plus 8. But they were in last place coming out of the gate. And, uh, Could a lot be of, different, a lot of, too. A lot of people had a lot of fun with that. No, they could. the line's always gettable. Yeah. I don't see them making the playoffs. Yeah. I Certainly get, possible. Right. I don't yeah. see it right now. I think like, U.S. Open Cup or bust yeah. right now. I think if they can find a, some, a second person to start scoring goals, it's going to really help. And then also if they can just stabilize the goalkeeper situation and just put forth a decent effort game in and game out and try to 
you know, just score goals. I mean, I think I'm, I think it's all going to be about goals. Viva yo. I, I, I agree with you, Kyle. Give the fans a little stuff to put the ball in that, you know? I think uh, it's more than finding another one. Now you have yeah. Pedro who is moving over to, like, Iguain's spot, so you got to, like, kind of factor his goals into how many right. Iguain was going to produce. You need more from right and left wing. Right. I just like him to feel dangerous right. more often. Maybe Baker can come down how, here, through, give him a pep talk. Wake up feeling dangerous. 16 games, how often have they been dangerous? In think number that, of minutes. This past yeah, game yeah. was the most you've seen it in a long time against NYCFC, yeah. especially on the counter with the com. So but, to your point, yeah, yeah. definitely maybe, not Maybe they have bottomed out, but I, I'd like to. I just like to see them be more dangerous. Then you feel you have a chance right. if you're a fan, you know? You know, it's not like you have some bum up top. I mean, you got a quality national team goal scorer who can, you know, put balls in if he, if how, he gets how do you in get the right the spot. Right. That's a, I mean, that's a, I think it's all based upon the wingers. I mean, we've been saying this for two years. If your wingers get the balls in the right place and attack and look dangerous, I think they have a shot. Is it crazy to take a look at J.J. Williams at this point? No, it's it's not crazy. I, I think they're still being patient with him. But what does, like, take a look mean for you? Like, start him when you have your full roster, even Jossie Zardes? Put him in well, a game. Yeah. He's played, what, two games maybe? You Are you looking maybe test him out in these Open Cup games? I, well, if, if you can't get the ball as Zardes, and they haven't been able to get the ball as Zardes, he's a different kind of striker. Can you tweak it, maybe even in, inverting that, that midfield pyramid like Bez mentioned in passing? They have before. They, they've played Mullins with... Zardes last year at times. Kyle, and what, what kind of striker are you? You're good in the air and good, yes, good on left-footed. Yeah, got, left-footed. Full, full, yes. He's got the full package. Yes. All right. I wouldn't mind seeing them play together. <laughs> I wouldn't. Sign, I wouldn't mind. Sign, wouldn't mind seeing Mullins and Zardes play and see how see how that changed up things. Didn't this happen like last year or sometime when Eduardo Sosa got a game and yeah. it might have been a U.S. Open Cup or something and he played really well and then yeah. fans were clamoring for him. I just I don't see him being a depth piece long term and. I think if JJ hasn't gotten games right now, I think he's still a long way off. Mullins can score. He I has, think so. Yeah. He got like 24 goals yeah. in his career. Anyway. All right. I guess that's about all we got here. We're at Jacob underscore Myers underscore 25 underscore supporter underscore shield. And at K Rob Photo, I'm at Michael A Race One. Per usual, doing a great job behind the controls here is uh, Patrick Flaherty at the Podfather 2 which always brings up the question, which was a better movie, Godfather 1 or Godfather 2? First one. First one. They're both great. Also, another shout-out, watch the Women's World Cup. What's the better point right now, right? What's the better Podfather, Podfather 1 or at Podfather 2? So you guys are going to say 1 again. See? I got it, Patrick. All right, that's about it. Patrick, kick us out of here.